Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown, episode 132, is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SCC. And joining me for this episode of Gators Breakdown is 24-7 Sports, Blake Alderman. You can find his work at GatorBait.net and on Twitter, at Blake underscore Alderman. Blake, thanks for uh, joining Gators Breakdown again. Always, always good to be back on. Yeah, kind of racing right now. I just literally probably came in the house 30 minutes ago from the Dan Mullen speech here in Jacksonville. So uh, you and I would talk some recruiting, but I'll get into that right after. <laughs> so it sounds like you're ready to break through a wall or something, because I know Mullen is a very good speaker, so I'm sure you're ready to like build a house or something, do something. Oh, man. Yeah, he, he had the room rolling. He had the he, he, he commanded the room, uh, had some jokes. Uh, people were happy. Uh, it was kind of packed here in Jacksonville, and uh, you and I have been talking a little bit. Like I said, he was here on Monday night, but uh, and he had plenty to say uh, about the state of the Gators going into spring football, but you'll also be covering more than the next two nights in Tampa and Orlando. Yep, yep. I'll be out there for it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the showing there. So if you're telling me that the showing in Jacksonville was pretty strong, so I'm sure Central Florida will be uh, be there to show out as well. Yeah, it's pretty neat here. Um, they had him at the uh, stadium, uh, Everbank Field, you know, where Florida plays Georgia, and they got this new U.S. Assure Club. So it, it was set up really nice and you know, had the graphics everywhere of uh, uh, of the speaking engagement in Jacksonville. And uh, as I said, you know, it was packed, and Mullen controlled the room. And I'll get into that after uh, you and I talk some recruiting. Sure. All right. Before we dive in, remember, you can find all your Gators Breakdown episodes on news4jacks.com. Uh, get the articles there. Uh, we'll be, uh, they'll also be talking about Dan Mullen being in Jacksonville. You can find the episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, uh, whichever way you prefer. Also, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and on Facebook at Gators Breakdown. When you're on iTunes, please rate and review the show. Well, Blake, as you know, and 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 as you cover uh, ever so greatly, Dan Mullen had his uh, first junior day this past weekend, and originally it looked like uh, many top, top prospects were going to flock to Gainesville. Then comes Saturday, and and some of those top prospects end up not making it in. But Florida did get two commitments from the event, uh, so let's start there. First commit of the uh, junior day was a bit of a surprise as three-star inside linebacker Jamal Abrams from Birmingham, Alabama, commits to the Gators. Uh, big body, 6'3", 224, rated the 557th player in the nation and the 18th rated inside linebacker uh, in the nation, according to 24-7 Sports. Blake, what are, uh, what are the Gators getting in Abrams, and is he a recruit that can rise in the rankings? Or, and I've been asked this by some, so I want to pass it along to you, could he convert to a defensive lineman down the road with that size? You know, I think – at this point, he's a junior in high school. You never know how he could grow. You know, these guys, some of these guys, they just, every time I see them, they get bigger. So, you know, maybe, but I don't think we can say that right now. I will say when he showed up at junior day, very impressive looking build. You know, he looks, you know, long in the arms. He looks like, you know, what, what a college linebacker should look like, especially an inside linebacker. You want those guys to have a little bit of size so they can kind of take on the run there. From watching the film, I think there's a you know kind of a lot to be desired from kind of looking at it. You know, I think with his size, it's impressive, but I do think there's some things that he needs to work on. But you know, again, he's a junior; he's going to continue to go through things. He's going to continue to camp at Florida. He, he says he'll be back for a camp sometime this off season. You know, planning to come back for the spring game. Just going to planning to be around these coaches a lot. So I'm sure he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to soak up a lot of 
knowledge from these coaches. You know, I mean, Christian Robinson is, is, is his position coach, hung out with uh, Todd Grantham a lot on his visit. And obviously Sal Sinceri is his uh, area recruiter, was the one who offered. So, you know, a lot of these guys are, you know, they have a lot of experience, you know, in NFL coaching when you, with Coach Grantham and Sinceri. So, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that, you know, you, know, you kind of have to trust a little bit of their instincts there. And obviously he's a guy that seems going to need to be coached up. But I think that Florida, you know, really likes the size that he brings there. And I think that, he, you know, he's – an SEC size linebacker. And I think that that's a guy that they're definitely looking to bring into their linebacker room because that's the position that these coaches are really going to look to address. And obviously, you know, going ahead and getting really kind of out in front and getting a guy in February and having to hold on to him for the next year. But, you know, they really like where they're at with him. So, you know, I, they seem to be a guy that, you know, was around the coaches a lot, a lot of fun. You know, they seem to make him a priority guy, obviously meeting coach Mullen and giving him his commitment. So, you know, they, they seem to be pretty excited about the future with him. Yeah, of course, they kind of, as you said, outlined just a little bit, you know, Florida needs depth at that inside linebacker position with, you know, Dave, David Reese's uh, being about the only guys they can really count on right now, especially in that new defense. We don't really know how linebacker will work out, but uh, getting a big body like that, and especially, like you said, in the SEC, maybe he grows into something uh, Florida can count on. Uh, second commit wasn't much of a surprise as three-star wide receiver Deontay Marks made his pledge to Florida. Marks was on commitment watch by many out there, and we found out Saturday night that was going to be the case. Blake, you didn't have many great offers out there with the likes of UCF, FAU, and the best one being West Virginia. So why is he a take for Florida right now? You know, this was a guy that showed up at the Army Combine uh, earlier in January, and he had, you know, really one of the best explosive jumping times. So this is a very explosive player. He's listed at 5'11". He, he was measured at 5'11 at the Army Combine. He's probably closer to that. At junior day, looking at him, he looks maybe a little bit taller. You know, maybe like he could probably be a little bit closer to six foot. So I think he's a guy that they really like the explosion he brings to the table. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Jacob Copeland, just kind of the skill set, I guess we'll say. I'm not going to say he's, you know, the next Jacob Copeland, but I think a very similar skill set to where he's a guy that can, you know, kind of use the end around. You know, he needs to work a little bit more on routes and kind of getting more polished, but that's something that a lot of high school kids deal with, you know, and that's something that the college coaches get paid the big bucks to fix. So I think that there's a lot of explosion in there. I think he's a really explosive athlete and I think he's going to be able to do a lot of things with him, you know, whether it's in special teams, one of the plays on his uh, highlight tape that really stuck out was an 80 yard touchdown. So this is a guy that it's, you know, he can make a lot of plays with the ball in his hand. He can also play some cornerback. I think wide receiver is probably the safest bet for where he'll fit in at Florida at, but he's a guy that is an athlete, and he can play on both sides of the ball at a high level. And, again, the real thing that stands out to me is the explosiveness with him. Good deal. Uh, Blake, and we, and we mentioned in this junior day, it had some names. Uh, many were expecting a, a much bigger turnout. And while we don't expect many commitments from, from these type of events, Florida was able to make some inroads for some other prospects that could come into the class in 2019. What recruit should Florida fans feel better about as they visited campus this past weekend? You know, I think whenever I, you, know, you sent me the questions beforehand, I, I think the one that really jumped out to me was Keon Zipperer, the tight end from Lakeland. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's been – he's been pretty heavy Florida lean for quite a while. Lakeland High School has, has done a really good job of sending guys to Florida. Obviously, James Robinson was the most recent last uh, – this last cycle. So, um, you know – or excuse me, the cycle before now. We're in 2019 now. But uh, – it's still regardless the high school that's been good to Florida. And I think that, you know, just kind of him being a local guy and, you know, close to the program, I think that, you know, it was more or less just he had to come and meet this new coaching staff. And, you know, even before 2018 class signed coach Mullen and coach Knox and coach Scott, once he got hired, they were at Lakeland high school. I feel like every week there in January. So, you know, this is a guy that they definitely have higher on their recruiting board. And uh, I think that visit, you know, really left Florida even more so kind of the team to beat here. I don't really know how far a commitment timeline works with him. He seems to kind of be into taking things out, but he seemed really close to being kind of on the verge of maybe committing on this visit. So I think that if Florida can get him back on campus sometime soon, that could be definitely one to watch if he comes back and makes another recent visit, because he definitely seems to be kind of riding that high. Um, another guy, Derek Hunter spent a lot of time on Florida's campus. I mean, this is kind of another thing where I can copy and paste basically everything I said about Keon Zipper -er and probably stick Derek Hunter in there. Another guy who was high on Florida early on, committed to Miami and obviously backed off that now is kind of sending things more open into his senior year. I think Florida made a really, really, really strong impression on him during his visit. And I, I think that they're probably got maybe have a slight edge, but this is a guy that kind of seems to be really into schools whenever he comes off of a visit. 
you know, I think that Florida getting that visit and getting in there for a couple of days really kind of made a big, strong impression on him. But I also think Georgia is very much in the recruitment as well. Penn State has a really good connection with Coach Sider, who's now at Penn State, and he'll take an official visit there. Alabama is another school he mentioned. So I think this is a guy that's going to continue to kind of see what else is out there and kind of evaluate things. But I definitely think that Florida has really made a lasting impression. They're going to continue to stay in this, and they seem to be making him a priority. Another guy that I think Florida probably, if I had to pick maybe the biggest improvement they made with one kid on the visit would probably be the the Central Florida uh, right there guy in their backyard in Bellevue and my uh, offensive lineman Michael Tarquin. Uh, this is a guy, I mean, like I said, right in their backyard. These are guys that, you know, should be a layup for Florida, and, and he really kind of seemed to be trending elsewhere. I don't think that <clears> – <throat> He was a guy that he got offered by the old coaching staff, but I don't know that he was one that they really kind of followed up with and continued to keep in touch with. And Florida's done that. You know, they, they've kept in touch with him. They, they had him on campus on Saturday, he spent a lot of time with Coach Hevesy, the offensive line coach there at Florida. And he seems to be a guy that, that they seem to be pretty interested in as far as building up the, the front on their offensive line. Said that he spoke with Coach Mullen, and, and Coach Mullen really liked kind of the build. He's, a, he's more of a leaner offensive lineman, not really very small, but he's very athletic, you know, kind of has some bend to him. So I think that they like that and what he can bring to the table. And, you know, obviously if you can get a guy that's in there pretty slender and get him in those college workout plans with some of the tweets, I've seen the players with coach Savage, I think that's a kid that can have wonders worked on him when, you know, with a guy like that. So another guy too, uh, in-state defensive back, Jaden Davis, another guy who was high on Florida under the old coaching staff, Getting to meet these new guys, they continue to make him a priority as well. Got a chance to sit down and have a face-to-face -face conversation with Coach Warren at Florida and a lot of these other coaches. You know, the thing with these guys is, is that, you know, they like Florida. They, they've always liked Florida, but it's just meeting this new coaching staff who is is behind in 2019 because they get hired. They have to put their full effort in closing out 2018. And, and as most fans have seen, if they follow on Twitter, there's like two or three, maybe even four offers every day for the 2019 class. So they're still very much building their recruiting board here, but getting those guys on campus and those in-state guys that, you know, can really rich areas that have been good to Florida. I think that, uh, you know, those could be ones to watch. Like you just brought something up and I kind of, you, you know, you kind of said, you know, 2019, they're still kind of playing catch up and, you know, most transition coaches are, you know, first sure. year or whatever. Rules of the game. Yeah. But do you think that early signing period, made it different for these coaches going into their, their oh, first, their absolutely. first, their first full cycle, their basically their second class, because you come in and you're a coach like Dan Mullen and you're really, you know, you're concentrating on two straight weeks of trying to get that first class for, or, you know, about probably three weeks, I guess. But you know, that, that, that early signing period, I think we don't really know the effects of that. It kind of, we'll have to go back and look and see how other transition coaches in the future handle it and what Dan Mullen does in year two and year three, when he's been able to build a more relationship, build more relationships with these guys in the state. But you know, do you think that early signing period had an effect on what, on what we see in Dan Mullen's first full cycle coming up? I think so. Uh, I think that you're going to obviously have more time with a lot of these kids. That's why I thought it was very impressive with what Coach Mullen and those guys did leading up to that early signing period, especially necessarily, I mean, kind of coming out of left field completely and, and plucking a guy like Emory Jones away from Alabama and Ohio State. I mean, these were guys that Saban and, and uh, Urban Meyer were fighting over. And, you know, here comes Coach Mullen in a couple of weeks and plucks this guy and kind of builds his class around there. So I do think that it was impressive considering the time that he had in that early signing period to build. Uh, I, I can't even remember now what it was. I think Florida signed like 12 or 13 guys there on the early signing period. So I think mm. things like that show that's impressive. And you know, that's a good closing right there. You know, I, I know it's not a full cycle to close out on guys. And obviously you're going to be able to sell hype and, you know, we're going to do this with you. And, you know, it's a lot more excitement around the program with a new coaching staff coming in. But, you know, that's what you got to do to get guys. And I think that that's what they did. And they, they showed that, you know, that they can recruit with the big boys with how they kind of closed out there. I'm interested to see how things go with the early signing period with coach having a full year, because I don't think necessarily that you're going to see the, the drama that you saw there to where, you know, he's going to have to recruit like that. So crazy. So I think that you're going to see to where coach Mullen is going to try to be aggressive there and get a lot of these guys in his class and sign, because I just think that's what coaches would like to do. Obviously you want to get those guys locked in and ready to go, but I don't think you're going to see the aggressive you might, I don't know. You, I don't think you're going to see the way where they just are recruiting like their life, you know, like it depends on it and you know, they're behind and, and they just have to work so hard to build those relationships so quickly. So I think that it's going to be something to draw out over the next year, but I, I think you're going to see that killer instinct kind of turn up there when it gets close to December. Yeah. And one more about early signing period, Blake, before we move on, do you think that becomes more of the signing day instead of the one in February? 
I do. I, I seems that that's kind of the thing that kids kind of seem to be leaning more towards. I, I see a lot more kids setting up visits in April and, and, and wanting to have visits in June and July and, and have my commitment done before the senior season so I can, you know, focus on football and, you know, all those things. So I think that that seems to be kind of the thing that more guys are more attracted to. But in the other you know, side of that coin here, you've seen a lot of kids, you know, Herb Hand is one that comes to mind. A lot of these guys at Auburn, you know, you sign early and a coach is gone. And, and I think a lot of kids now are going to kind of tiptoe and, and wait and see how things go there. But, you know, overwhelmingly, I think that the early signing period seems to be more of the popular trend. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, we'll move on from junior day and recruiting in general, uh, and we'll start at the top, Blake, of course. You know, quarterback is ever so popular, the topic at Florida, until they get it figured out. And Florida's been sending out offers to many, many quarterbacks out there. What's the reasoning behind that? And are there a couple that stand out as it looks like Florida may just bring multiple quarterbacks in if it can? You know, I'm not really sure about the number of quarterback yet. I, I think it's something that we're going to see how that works out in the spring with spring football and, and kind of evaluating those guys and obviously a lot of new offers out. And I think that's just to kind of build up their 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 quarterback board because, you, you know, Mullen got there. I, I don't remember how many 2019 quarterbacks that the former staff had offered, but I don't think there was very many. So obviously you have to cast your net wide. I don't think I can completely dismiss that they signed two quarterbacks. I, I'm not really sure yet. It's kind of a wait and see thing. I'm not against them signing two quarterbacks. I think it's a good idea to kind of build up that quarterback room and, and get guys that kind of fit your systems a little bit better and uh, you know kind of put your own fingerprint on there. You want you want your quarterback to be the fingerprint of your program, and I think that it, you know it would definitely wouldn't hurt to sign two quarterbacks there. But the one that really kind of sticks out the most, it's kind of the, the no brainer quarterback for me, is Jalen Jones, right there out of Baltimore. Uh, he resides in Mar in Virginia, but he, he attends school over there in at, uh, in Maryland, over there at St. Frederick's Academy, I believe it is, or St. Francis Academy. Um, it was a Mississippi state commit under coach Mullen. He seems to fit that mold really well. He's a guy that Mullen really likes. Uh, it didn't take very long for Mullen to offer him. I think that they offered sometime in the end of December right there. And, uh, you, you know, he just kind of seems to make the most sense. It just seems like his relationship with Mullen is very close. He's, he's getting to build that relationship better with coach Johnson. And they talk like almost every day, every other day. So it seems to be the one that they've really put a lot of focus on and, uh, it seems like, you know, I don't want to say that he commits on a visit, but you know, the way he's talking, it seems like that Florida is really a high factor on there. And I think that a visit could really put Florida in a great position to land him in the immediate future, depending on, you know, usually quarterbacks make their commitments earlier. So I think that just the relationship with Mullen there. And I believe whenever I spoke with him, I think he said it was his uncle, something like that, that works at Florida in some capacity, I think is oh. on the academic side. I don't know exactly what it was, but he has a family tie there. So I think it's one of those things that where this guy's going to take a visit, you know how high they have them on their board. So they're going to make sure that that visit is where they roll out the red carpet. And, and I think that Florida is going to be a big factor there, but you know, it's one of those things we have to see how the visit goes, but I, it seems to make a lot of sense right now for Jalen Jones to be the guy in Florida's class. Yeah, like you said, you know, you kind of, you kind of alluded to it, of course. I mean, being committed to Mississippi State under Mullen before and now looking at Florida, it kind of seems riding on the wall <laughs> in a way. Sure. You know, and, and I, I think that that could be one of those things to where it, it would make a lot of sense that if Florida capitalizes on those relationships, gets him in the class early, they can kind of focus ahead and see – you know, what are we going to do on a second quarterback? Is that something we want to do? And, uh, you know, I think spring football is going to kind of help them better figure things out. But, you know, it's, we're, I'm, I'm more interested to see now which quarterbacks take visits here in the next couple months because I know Florida is going to try to get some of these guys on campus soon. And I know that they're going to really try to start kind of figuring things out on their own as soon as spring football comes up. Yeah, speaking of Jones, Blake, uh, of course, we, we've talked about Justin Fields, Matt Corral, and – uh, end up getting Emory Jones, but you know all three of those guys kind of lended themselves to to getting a class together. Do you see Jalen Jones as that type of quarterback being able to to gather some guys and, and make a big haul in recruiting? I definitely think so, and I, and that's something that I've actually heard that Florida really likes about him is that that kind of yeah. that that leader mentality he has as a quarterback. Playing at a big high school like that, he knows that you know you kind of have to rally the troops. And you know he was a big recruiter when he was at Mississippi State. It was one of those things he kind of said whenever I was talking to him in the last interview I did with him. He said that you know I had I had four and four star and top four star <laughs> wide receivers and running backs ready to come with me to Mississippi State, but obviously Coach Mullen left and I decommitted. And you know maybe those guys will want to go to the next school with me. So it seems like he's still 
has guys kind of keeping an eye on where he goes with his recruitment. I know he just took a visit to uh, Virginia. I think it was earlier this month, and I know he's going to Ohio State in March, but Florida is one of those campuses he's trying to get to. So he's definitely got some eyes on him, it seems. Uh, you know, guys are waiting to see where he goes, and, you know, there could be a domino effect with him. There we go. Uh, Blake, what do wish you I, think? I wish he would have told me those names, but I didn't get that. Oh. <laughs> there are, Apparently there are guys out there. There we go. Um, what do you see as the biggest needs for this uh, 2019 class? And, and who was the one recruit, if you had to say, and just only pick one, because, you know, time purposes, I guess. So, uh, biggest needs for the 2019 class besides quarterback, and, and who's the one recruit that the Gators need to make sure they get? Hmm. I think the couple of the biggest needs, I think linebackers, one need, obviously, when you're switching that scheme there, it's it's one you're going to want to fill. Um quarterback always one that you want to fill you want to fill that every year I, I think offensive line continues to be the biggest need for Florida kind of building upon there and you know kind of vamping back up that position and you know its bodies with them and I, I believe they want to sign five guys this cycle or, or something close to that so look for them to take a deep offensive line class I think defensive line is one where you're going to lie kind of see them sprinkle some guys in there but I think if I had to pick the biggest needs offensive line quarterback tight end and uh probably a couple linebackers in there too Yep. Oh, and uh, the the guy that I think that Florida, I, you know, when I when I and I think of it, and I don't think he's a guy that I can pick in Florida's class right now. But uh, okay. the linebacker out of Mississippi, Nicobe Dean, that's a guy that Florida really needs. I mean, he's just a flat out baller. I mean, a guy like that that you know you can pluck out of Mississippi and hopefully use your ties in that state. But that I mean, that's a guy that's a really good player at a position that Florida could really use some guys that, you know, elite players at a position. So I think that that's one guy that Florida really could stand to use in their class. Another guy uh, trying to think of it, you know, Keon Zipper, I think is another tight end six, two guy that kind of fits, you know, that H back kind of role. I think that that's a guy that he could do some things like that exciting in their offense. But, you know, I think quarterback, you know, getting a guy like that, you know, Jalen Jones obviously becomes a bigger need mm-hmm. when trying to fill that spot. But I think Nicobe Dean is the one that really just kind of jumped immediately in my head when he said that, but that's a guy that Florida's going to need to do some work on because the in-state schools, uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. He really likes Alabama. Those are schools that seem to be kind of ones he's keeping an eye on. But really close to Dan Mullen, really likes him a lot, and he wants to visit Florida, and they're one of the schools recruiting him the hardest. So, you know, they're trying to get this guy on campus bad. Yeah, that segues into the, the next question. The state of Mississippi has more talent this year than than they normally do. Can yeah. you see Mullen using his previous stint at Mississippi State to his advantage and getting some of those guys down to Gainesville? You know, I think he's going to try. I think that's something that he's going to try to do. And, you know, like you said, and it's been kind of a popular com, uh, you know, commentary on GatorBait.net how loaded in Mississippi, uh, the state of Mississippi, is this year. So, Nicobe Dean is a guy that I mentioned there. That's a guy that Florida really likes a lot. He's, he's you know, a really high t- target priority for them. Uh, really talented linebacker, really instinctful. You know, I mean, he'll just flat out blast you. And I mean, he's a beast. So I think that's one guy. Another guy, uh, Nathan Pickney Jr., the uh, defensive lineman, excuse me, out of uh, Mississippi there. He likes Florida. That's a school that he wants to get to know. This is another guy that was really close with Dan Mullen. You know, was a guy that Coach Mullen offered pretty quickly as soon as he got to Florida, and that's a guy, another guy that is hoping to visit Florida sometime this spring and kind of get a better feel. And then the last guy there is uh, – D1 Black, the uh, Mississippi State commit right there. Uh, he was a guy, another guy that Florida really kind of didn't waste a lot of time in offering. Coach Mullen I offered him, I think, before he even hired most of his staff. <laughs> I think it was that immediately that he offered him. So, uh, you know, and I think the quote he gave me whenever I, I did the story with him about his Florida interest, and he said he wanted to get down sometime this spring. He was working on it probably for a spring football practice. So that's something to keep an eye on there. But he said that whenever uh, Coach Mullen left Mississippi State to go to Florida, he text messaged him and said, you know, Coach, I guess I'm a Gator now. So and then Coach oh, Mullen yeah. sent him back a couple of the thumbs up emoji. <laughs> so, you know, I think this is a guy that's going to have some interest in Florida. Getting him on campus is big. Just kind of show him the thing because the thing is, I mean, he's committed to Mississippi State. He's a guy that their staff has has really recruited hard even before the 2018 class signed. So Mullen's going to really have to kind of, you know, kind of really put this one into overtime because Mississippi State is putting in that overtime already to kind of keep this guy locked up, keep him, you know, really solid in his commitment. I, I believe he's already taken one visit. Uh, earlier this month for a junior day up there to Starkville. So, you know, this is a guy that Florida's going to need to get on campus and kind of show him what it's about and show him that, you know, hey, all these faces here that you were committed to Mississippi State to are still here. It's just a different logo. So I think that's something. Those are three guys that I would say are probably the three to keep an eye on right now. All right. That's a 
look at 2019 and that class that's coming up. Blake, before we let you go, and I got a couple listener questions as well. You know, kind of your final thoughts on the 2018 class and the one player you expect to make an immediate impact on the field. Hmm. You know, I, th- I think one guy that really sticks out to me to make an impact, and I really think Damian Pierce is a guy that I really like. I, I know it's kind of a crowded backfield there. I'm, <laughs> I need to look. I need to look at their class to actually give you there. I just Damian Pierce was the one that really jumped out to me. So let's see. Yeah, it was the same. That was that was my pick too. Uh, when we you know kind of did our class breakdown, Pierce was the the guy just because. Yeah, I know, and basically, basically where kind of where you were going, I know it's a stack backfield, but I know. Man. I mean, he's a guy that I mean, literally was the workhorse for his for his team's offense. Kyle Pitts is another guy that's an interesting one too, because I think Florida's got some guys there that are upperclassmen, but I think you're going to want to transition a freshman like that to kind of get him some meaningful snaps, because I mean, these are guys that aren't going to be there much longer. So I think that he's a guy that you know with the skill set, he's big to block. He's skilled enough to catch, has good hands. He's almost kind of built like a power forward a little bit. So I think that once he gets a little bit of, you know, kind of some college weights on him and stuff, he's going to continue to add weight there and can really be a big force because he's got really good hands. And, and I mean, he's a mismatch for some of those guys if you if you don't watch out for him. Gotcha. You ready for a couple questions, Blake? Sure. All right. And first one from Gator Fanatic. Is the staff going to make a run at Akeem Dent? As the top quarterback in state, uh, and is the staff uh, is the staff heavily after the top twenty nine guys in Jaquez Sorrells, Frank Ladson, Jaleel McCray, John Dunmore, Tyreek Stevenson, and Maurice Goolsby. You know, I have to go over all those names, but of course, those are the big names uh, in, in the two thousand nineteen class. Uh, and also talking about Akeem Dent. Sure, Akeem Dent. He's up there. If he's not number one on their cornerback board, he's, he's number two. I mean, he's a top target for those guys. I think if I. If I had to pick my opinion, I haven't looked at Florida's recruiting board here. I think uh, Kair Elam and Akeem Dent are probably the top two cornerback in-state targets for Florida there. I think those are two guys that they really want a lot. And you know, Getting Dent on campus is kind of the big thing there because he seems like an impressionable guy. I know his brother is walking on at Florida State, I think, in June or July. He'll arrive there, so... Those are, you know, they're going to obviously, you know, have a draw there with family ties. He was committed to Miami formally, was just there for a junior day. So, I mean, he's still into shopping around and taking some visits. So, you know, Florida still got their, you know, door cracked in there. And he seems to be into schools that do a good job of recruiting or, excuse me, producing defensive backs, I should say. So, you know, obviously Florida's got that, you know, that plug there for them. So, you know, they're definitely going to do their part with him. And it's just about getting him on campus. And as far as those other 2019 guys, the, the former Florida commits, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, those are guys that, you know, they got reaffirmed offers by the staff. They've continued to recruit them. So it's, it's just kind of, it puts them in the same boat. And I like to say, it's, I feel like McElwain found the pretty girl before all the other guys asked her to the dance, if that makes sense, because yeah. here McElwain had all these highly rated guys before they were ranked committed. Obviously they backed off to get to know these new coaches and stuff. But they're also, you know, landing big time offers, you know, the Alabamas, the Georgias, you know, the Ohio States, you know, those those heavy hitters like that are starting to come to the party now they've offered. Those are guys that they're going to look into those schools. But Florida is definitely still recruiting him, working, get them on campus again. And it's just about building relationships now. All right. And the last one from Millennial. Or Mullineal, you know, tries to spell it with Mullen's yeah. last name. So, Just as uh, long as he doesn't eat Tide Pods. <laughs> uh, at uh, Sean Steed, that, that's his name there on Twitter. Are we looking at any enforcers at safety like Keanu Neal? Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm assuming we're talking about 2019 class here, but I will say if you go back and look at the 2018 class, they may have got something like that in Amari Bernie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, you know. I- 2018 class I don't I don't I safety was a big need in 2018 class for them to kind of build that and you can obviously see all the guys they signed there I think Bernie is one of those guys Randy Russell was one of those guys but he obviously have his uh his condition where he can't play I don't know that safety is a huge need for this cycle there I mm-hmm. think they're going to look for some guys that are maybe more of a true cornerback because you've got guys like Marco and CJ that are going to be going into that next you know they're going to be juniors after this coming season so they're going to need to start looking for guys to play behind them because you can't just count on those guys for the rest of their careers. They're obviously going to get tired. They're going to graduate, maybe even go early. So I think that cornerback is probably more of the priority position for Florida compared to safety. There we go. Blake, man, I can't thank you enough uh, for joining me here on Gators Breakdown again. Remember, you can find Blake's articles and thoughts as well as Thomas Goldcamp and Luke Stampini on 24-7 Sports, GatorBait.net, and the Alligator Alley message board there. Great content, great conversation you can have with those guys. 
hard to beat their Gators coverage. Blake and those guys do a great job of keeping keeping the fans informed with the best in recruiting and more. So, Blake, what, what's coming up? What's coming up on the site before I let you go? Spring football is going to be coming up. I'm going to be helping out Thomas Goldcamp a little bit, a little bit there. I like to stay in my recruiting lane, but I'll be there to kind of help <laughs> him out. Just kind of there, basically, to do whatever he needs me to do. So. Um, you know, that's coming up. Obviously, Florida's going to have their summer camps and their spring camps and spring football will be starting in the next several months for, you know, in the state of Florida. So this coaching staff is going to be, you know, really kind of evaluating a lot of these offers they put out. So it's going to be a busy time coming up. Obviously, Nike camp is coming up in uh, March 18th. So that's another thing on the horizon there. So camp season, seven on seven, Nike camps, Under Armour camps. It's time to kind of see what these guys are made of. Yeah, that's where we can see some moving and shaking too with, with, with these recruits. So, uh, it, yeah, it should be a fun time. And as the guys, as I, as I said out there, follow follow Blake out there on uh, on Twitter at Blake underscore Alderman and all the other uh, Thomas Goldcamp, Luke Stampini, to, for all that great Gator info. Uh, Blake, man, thank you much. Anytime, thanks. All right, and Blake Alderman joining us from twenty four seven Sports GatorBait.net. Uh, and so Monday night and Dan Mullen was here in Jacksonville, uh, on his speaking engagement. Uh, and you know, it was a, it was a packed house, uh, as I mentioned, kind of going back to Blake, Blake, Blake will be covering it for 24 seven sports the next couple of nights. Uh, but he was Dan Mullen in Jacksonville Monday night. And, you know, it was, it was, a it was a packed little, uh, uh us assured club at the uh, everbank field that's been completely remodeled and nice big screens and, and projector screens and all that going on um but it, it was packed a lot of gator fans there of course and uh, a lot of excited gator fans and you know dan mullen as soon as he walks in the door gets a gets a standing ovation uh, from gator fans and look he was all smiles like he was getting off that plane when he was hired <laughs> it was uh it, it was cracking jokes and and taking questions and very uh interactive inter- interactive with fans uh you know, especially with the questions and, and taking pictures right after a, a big group photo. Uh, but, you know, I'll kind of go through the timeline that I tweeted while I was there and uh, kind of put some things together. Like I said, I didn't have a lot of time to kind of prepare for, for what Muller was going to say and then get home and record this podcast. Uh, so, you know, well, I'll do the best I can and piecing everything together. But uh, the, you know, just right off the bat, and I was hoping he would do this, um, he says the goal when they step on this field, and he was pointing behind him to Everbank Field, you know, the football field, uh, Florida Georgia play on. He goes, the the, the goal when they step on this field is, is to win. No one has higher expectations than he does. Uh, and to kind of to com- combine a couple of thoughts here that he said later, when we play in Jacksonville, we need to create a home field advantage. The game is in Florida, and that's what Dan Mullen uh, brought brought to this. He made he made the the, the he made the point known that it is the University of Florida. And the expectation is win big, win titles, win championships, win this Florida-Georgia game in Jacksonville. It was brought up about rivalry games and how rivalry games are important. He understands the rivalry games. He and he, he gets that you have to beat Georgia. He gets that you have to beat Florida. He gets that you have to beat, ten, or beat Florida State, beat Tennessee. Uh, he, in talking about the schools, he, he, he named – the school, the state above us, and the school out west, and the school with the state color orange. You know, it, it was just those little things. You know, yes, he's having fun, and that's what these functions are. You know, people want to kind of take him serious, and when they say, when the coaches say something, you know, really harp at it and all that. But you know, this is to appease the fans. And uh, look, some stuff has truth behind it, and but you know, a lot of this is, is to have some fun. And uh, you know, I, I don't think he, 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 you know, tried to, to, to shy away, uh, you know, making sure not to point kind of fingers at the previous staff. And, you know, he's not really concerned with what happened before at the University of Florida. He wants to, to take it. And, and, and look, he, he admitted changes need to be made with the program. Look, when there's a coaching change and the coaching's been fired, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, but Mullen did say changes need to be made with the program. Uh, we're all in this together. Fans need to show up, wear their Gator gear. It's going to take all of us to be successful. And, you know, it was uh, – Dan Mullen really takes on the moniker Gator Nation. It is a it is a nation. And it is um, – he stand it's, – it's kind of funny when he was talking about stuff like that. He called it the Gator Standard and called it the Gator Standard is what it is. He can't define it. And, look, that's perfect. You know, you can't – is it is it game day? Is it the fans going crazy? Is it uh, the goal of winning championships? It's all this stuff combined. You can't really define 
what the Gator standard is, but we we do know it's winning and it's winning big, and we and it's taking you know that ninety thousand fans in the swamp and and making them happy on a Saturday. He gets it. He he knows we need to score points to win some games and and score points to make some fans happy and, and win titles. And SEC East championships aren't enough. SEC championships aren't enough. The expectation. And this is a quote from him. The expectation of national championships is what the University of Florida is about. So, look, we we talk about, you know, look, first year one, look, he's saying he wants to win a championship. And you know, as a head coach, he should. And, you know, should we expect it uh, as fans? Probably not. But as a coach and he's sitting there on the sideline, he's saying the expectation of a national championship is what the University of Florida is about. The football team needs to be the standard for the university. And giving props to the baseball team winning national championships and the softball team winning national championships. He went back to his time as offensive coordinator. He said the best thing that could have happened to that 2006 football team was to see the 2006 basketball team win the national championship. Compared it to that, he's like, look, those guys, they hang out all together. It, It creates a standard on campus when you have your big programs and look, you know, baseball has been getting more popular and more popular and, and, and fans look at, yes, it's not football and it's not basketball, but you know, with the Gators winning uh, on the, on the diamond it's created a standard and, you know, Jeremy Foley created that standard and, and, and football fell behind a little bit. Uh, but you know, it, it does, it, it does bear mentioning when you see these other programs around you winning, it, it creates uh, an expectation and especially for Florida football. We know what the expectation is. Dan Mullen knows what the expectation is. And he wants to go out there and win some championships for these Gator fans. So um, I'm kind of moving kind of past to, to the next topic and, and talking about game day. And I kind of, this was kind of interesting. I didn't really think about, you know, changing much stuff on game day, but Mullen went into the game day being an event. Uh, he said there'll be some new things along with, uh, along with the traditions uh, that we really expect of, uh, of being, Gator fans from what we've been seeing in the swamp for years, but there are going to be some new things. And he said, quote, Saturday should be a state fair, a rock concert, a Broadway show, and a football game all in one. And he says all this stuff will will start with the spring game. We'll see some differences there, but he wants to create some new traditions at Florida. And then, hey, look, he said the Gator Walk will be in full force at the spring game. Fans will, you know, Urban Meyer started that, so he knows how important that is to fans. Uh, but yeah, look, look for when this um, when the season rolls around, and especially that first big time home game. He says it'll start with the spring game, but as you know, guys, it, it, it's a little different. So uh, it's uh, we got probably have to wait for that first full game uh, to get to see what kind of changes Dan Mullen's uh, kind of planning. He goes, but it'd be you know loud music and a fun, exciting time. The jumbotrons will have their videos going, and of course, that's a lot of the same stuff that's been going on, but probably a different way of doing it. We've kind of seen that with a lot of the social media stuff that's been going on online with Florida. And uh, one thing I really like today, uh, and I kind of segue into uh, the, the kind of believe it or not, the, the most popular topic of the night. But you know, Florida was sending out uh, you know the, their new edits. Uh, on social media and it was having the guys jersey numbers with in the Jordan brand uh graphic logo uh with the with upcoming recruits and you know, that took off but uh the most popular tweet of the night it wasn't really much to do about football uh but I had to tweet out the UF Jordan gear the Florida Jordan gear Dan Mullen announced tonight should go on sale July 1st so you know probably look for around late June or early July some stores may get it early and start trying to sell it but Look, uh, I know fans are excited, and look, recruits are going to be excited. Uh, of course, this this Jordan gear uh, really speaks for itself, and it's gotten fans excited. And Dan Mullen did say um, June first or July first, you can start looking for that. So a big announcement there uh, when to start looking for the Jordan gear uh, for the Gators. And talking about recruiting and recruits loving that, Dan Mullen called out fans, you know, not in a negative way, uh, but his. Fans play an important part in recruiting. Wear your gear, fly your flag. And I really liked uh, kind of the storytelling here. It said, bring your neighbor to a game. Bring your eight-year-old neighbor to a game. That eight-year-old could could get a, a player's autograph, never been to a game before, fall in love with the Gators, and that eight-year-old could be the next Tim Tebow. And get that guy already loving Florida like Tim Tebow did growing up to be uh, a Gator. And, look, you already got that, you already got that kid wanting to be a Gator and maybe – 
you know, you played a part in it by by taking him to a game. So, you know, it's just those little things, you know, Dan Mullen uh, brought to the table. And as I said, you know, these things are, are for the fans. Yes, they're all, they're all nice. And look, it's exactly what it was. Um, it's uh, uh, you know, playing to the crowd and, and let the, the crowd know that we're part of it. It's not really, you know, shunning away. You know, McIlwain did that to a point to where, uh, the ex- expectation of Florida fans and some of the, the complaints we had about the offense, you know, and him always harping on, you know, look, we just won the SEC East, but you know that, but look, we won the SEC East and got trounced by Alabama. So yes, it could have been worse. We could have not been SEC East champs, but as Mullen understands, that's not the expectation uh, at Florida. One thing uh, that was pretty interesting uh, when he got the job, Dan Mullen, uh, mentioned he wanted to create a position for Tim Tebow. It was one of his first calls he made after he got the job. Uh, but then he joke, you know, kind of jokingly said, but you know, that guy's pretty busy. Uh, Tim Tebow is pretty busy. So, uh, he ultimately talked about, you know, all the stuff Tim Tebow does, all the stuff Tim Tebow does off the field, all the stuff Tim Tebow does, uh, on, on, on TV and all, and all the charity work he does. He goes, he's not sure if Tim Tebow w- would want to do it. Um, you know, with all the good stuff that he does, no, non-sports related, uh, you know, of course, Tim Tebow's calling may be that. So he's not sure if Tebow would want to do it. But it was interesting that Dan Mullen would want to create a position uh, for Tim Tebow uh, when he gets the job uh, at Florida. Uh, kind of moving on from some of the stuff that was discussed, uh, Mullen did say, I don't know how the program was run the last couple of years. Uh, and I don't think that he meant that as a shot uh, at McIlwain. Uh, but, you know, he's plainly saying he didn't know how the program was run. Uh, look, he was worried about his own Mississippi State team. I'm sure he was. He's been told some things uh, from from administration, uh, but that's about the extent of it. So, uh, but he goes, I don't know how the program was run the last couple of years, but I know how it will be run in the future. So um, that was kind of led into how uh, he's big into rivalry games, and I understand them. I embrace them. So you know, a lot of fans were, were McIlwain's kind of was ho-hum about my, uh, rivalry games and every game was the same. And we, yeah, no, that's not yet. You know, we want to beat Tennessee. We want to beat Florida state. We want to beat Georgia. You beat those teams more than likely you're having a good year. So, you know, you, if you can call out and go into a season where you're two and one, three, no against those teams, more than likely you're having a pretty good season. Uh, so, you know, Mullen gets that. He gets the, you know, and he, and he did say kind of jokingly, you ask a Gator fan who their biggest rival is, and you're going to get a, a different answer. Uh, older Gator fans will say Georgia. Uh, newer, newer age may say FSU or, or Tennessee because in the 90s. Uh, so, you know, you, you look at it that way. But in, in my eyes, personally, if you want to know mine, it's Georgia. I grew up in Georgia. So Georgia's the team I always want to beat. But like Mullen said, you know, you get that answer different from everybody, but he does understand that those games aren't like any other games. Uh, this would be some some music to people's ears. Uh, offense is about getting the playmakers the ball. It's not that hard. It's important to use those guys. So you know, we, we saw and we pled the, the last staff. Look, we knew who the playmakers were, and they didn't get the ball enough. Uh, Kadarius Tony didn't start getting the ball last season and, and until, you know, what, two, three games into the season, barely used – um, in, in early in the season, uh, Malik Davis, we kind of saw potential, uh, had a one carry against Michigan, I believe for eight yards. Uh, and then after that went on a tear and we kind of saw his ability, but look, he's probably been a, should have been a player who got the ball uh, against Michigan some more. So we know Dan Mullen's history uh, of keeping the ball in the playmaker's hands. We've seen Percy Harvin get the ball out of the backfield, out of the wildcat in a screen pass down the field. However, which way they could get the ball to him, they could. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, when he was at tight end and, and using that shovel pass, that pass worked. It was a playmaking play. They kept running it till somebody would stop it. Um, it was just you know little things like that. Dan Mullen understands the need of getting the ball into the playmakers' hands. And talking about playmakers, he did go on and was asked about Trayvon Grimes and Van Jefferson uh, being eligible, still waiting on NCAA clearance. There, he says it might be a while before we hear about that. You know, we we know how the NCAA is. Uh, looks like they got their hands full, also in some basketball investigations. So, you know, of course, those are different layers of it. So, people deciding about Grimes and Jefferson probably have nothing to do with the, the basketball thing. But, uh, but you know, still, 
Right, that's what they're dealing with, and there's no telling. We all know how the NCAA works. So it could be hopefully before spring. Those guys will participate in spring either way. But hopefully Dan Mullen and the staff know that if Grimes and Jefferson will be involved so they can incorporate them even more into the game plan and, and planning on having those guys in the fall. And, of course, uh, finally the microphone was being, was being passed around and finally got around to me. And you guys know our co-host, Will Miles, has been on the big Kadarius Tony train uh, at quarterback. And I wanted to ask about it, too. So, you know, some other questions were being asked uh, around. There's some other things that I wanted to know about. But, you know, once we got around to me and um, kind of talking about uh, the quarterback position, I uh, asked about Kadarius Tony. Uh, and how he could fit into the offense. I know it had been reported about an hour before, so I think it was in the uh, the media section uh, that was previously um, before Dan, Mo- Dan Mullen's speaking engagement. And uh, I believe Mullen said he wanted to to to, to keep or or try uh, uh, Kadarius Tony at wide receiver uh, first and foremost. That's kind of what it sounded like there. Uh, but he did say when I asked him about the question, uh, he has a skill set to play quarterback. Hasn't seen any of the quarterbacks play, and, you know, of course, in person. And Serge watched some film, uh, but it hasn't seen any of the quarterbacks play. But definitely a player you want with the ball in his hand. So we were talking about the playmakers just a second ago. Uh, Kadarius Tony is that guy. Um, you know, if it, so, not really clear if uh, Kadarius Tony may get a shot at quarterback or not. When I asked him about it, um, if I had to say the way. Mullen reacted and talked and kind of going between that media session beforehand. Uh, I'd lean probably not going to get too much of a shot, but you know, we'll see. I think as long as he gets a, um, you know, I'm not going to question Dan Mullen. If he wants to put Tony at quarterback, okay. If not, okay, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll do Emory Jones and Felipe Frank show uh, probably. But I do think Tony uh, should, should, should get a shot there. Um, but we'll keep harping on that. You guys know, uh, and you can read Will's article also on readingreaction.com about Tony uh, and quarterback there. Uh, Dan Mullen uh, did joke, uh, and if you listen to this podcast enough, also is uh, talking about recruiting. Uh, and and uh, I was kind of jokingly uh, talking about this, but Dan Mullen is not a quote, stars matter guy. Uh, quote, unquote, stars matter. So, <laughs> um, but admits they need to get the top players at home talking about the state of Florida. So, of course, no recruit or no coach is going to admit that, um, you know, recruiting rankings, uh, you know, play a part in their recruiting at all. Uh, they do their own evaluations and all that good stuff. But uh, the correlation of, of recruiting high and winning high uh, are there. So, uh, but of course, I never expect the coach to say they look at uh, a 24/7 rivals or ESPN for for guys they should go recruit. But of course, a lot of those guys are are, are in the top of the. And look, there's a reason we get excited when Florida signs a four or five star guy. Uh, more than likely, those guys will will pan out, and that's how it, how it goes. So, uh, but of course, you know, I, I never expect the coach to say um, you know stars matter. Uh, they're going to get their guys. Every every coach gets their guy. It gets their guy, but you know, I'd rather their guy be a four or five star guy. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then it was good to uh, good to see Gator Ryan out there. Ryan Hinkley uh, was out there. Got to meet him uh, beforehand uh, and uh, talk before the um, before the speaking engagement started. So uh, a lot of, a lot of fun uh, seeing a couple people out here who listen to the podcast. So. Uh, you know, thanks for Ryan for giving a shout out there, and also uh, got to meet uh, Daniel Kinnon uh, as well, who listens to Gators Breakdown. So thanks for uh, reaching out and guys, uh, you know, talking, and of course, uh, you know, probably wouldn't get to know much of each other after this podcast. So thanks for listening and for all the interaction and all that, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, being a part of of uh, talking about Gators Breakdown and, and Gators football in general out there. But it was a good time have with, with Dan Mullen and uh, really, really. Talks well to the crowd. Uh, really like uh, what, what he can do publicly and the way he carries himself uh, when talking about the Gators and the expectation of Florida football. Because look, that's that's what it is. Uh, we want to win. We want to get back to that. And looks like Dan Mullen, at least you know, in front of the mic, he knows what it takes uh, to get to that point. So all all the good fun. I guess he has two more stops in Orlando and then Tampa. I think it's Tampa first on Tuesday night and Orlando. Um, uh, the next night. So also uh, Mullen, as I said, mentioned the spring game and how he wants fans to, to be there and, and do it. So one more time, hashtag pack the swap. Uh, I saw Florida football post the same hashtag tonight. So uh, it's being picked up on. So for the spring game, let's go out there and 
pack the swamp. Uh, also, uh, before I wrap up here, uh, make a little uh, announcement here. Uh, Bill Sykes, uh, he'll be taking a step back uh, and taking on a limited role here at Gators Breakdown. Uh, so instead of a co-host, Bill will now be a featured contributor uh, and join in on an episode when he can. Uh, this is in no way a, a goodbye or leave for Bill, <laughs> but as you guys knows, uh, as you guys know, this is uh, you know we are just like a, a majority of you out there and have full time jobs and families, and those are the priorities. So uh, again, this isn't a goodbye for Bill, or you know Bill will still be a part of the uh, Gators Breakdown family, and he'll still share share some of his stats with us and for the show and, and join in when he can. So y'all. Uh, don't give the five-star nerd a hard time about this. Uh, all is good, and he's still part of uh, the Gators Breakdown family. So uh, you know, Bill will just be spending more time with his family and, and his kids and doing all the, the good stuff he can do uh, in Florida, but he'll still be part of Gators Breakdown and and throwing all those you know, five-star stats at us and all that good stuff. Will Miles will you know, still be with me almost every week, you know, taking a week off here as I could get Blake on and talk about the Dan Mullen uh, event. So, Worked out pretty well. Um, get some time off there. As I said, full-time full-time jobs and, and families come first. So that's the way we do it here uh, on Gators Breakdown. Uh, remember, you can find uh, my co-host, Will Miles. Uh, find his stuff at readingreaction.com or follow him on Twitter at WillMilesSCC. Uh, you can still follow, follow Bill on Twitter. Interact with him there. Uh, give him a shout-out at RealBSykes. That's R-E-A-L-B. S-I-K-E-S. I remember you can find all your Gators Breakdown episodes on newsforjacks.com, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, whichever way you prefer to get your Gators Breakdown. That's the way we do it here. Uh, some of you noticed, if you're watching the YouTube version, I am rocking Gators Breakdown hat. So we'll, uh, I'll have more info soon, working on getting more of those. Uh, it was just kind of a on-the-whim thing. Has been in the plans, but uh, was able to get this one made over the weekend. So uh, we'll have... I'll have details hopefully soon uh, about uh, some Gators Breakdown hats. A lot of of people have asked once I post a picture. Uh, People have asked in general anyway. So uh, it's time to get the merch out there uh, and and get you guys some some Gators Breakdown hats. Maybe some T-shirts and stuff, uh, polos too as well. But we'll definitely just start with the hats uh, and see where it goes from there. So thanks thanks for all the support. Thanks for uh, wanting some Gators Breakdown logo merch with a new logo, all the rebranding and all that good stuff. So thanks to – you know, news for Jack's there for helping me out with all that good stuff and look for more uh, stuff um, coming up uh, on that website. So I'm David Waters, uh, host of Gators Breakdown. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Thanks again to Blake Alderman from 24-7 Sports joining me talking recruiting. Uh, look out for his uh, stuff talking about Dan Mullen and those speaking engagements the next couple of nights. Uh, so guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.